Hello, and welcome to Customer Experience Leaders Chat by Nice Reply, where we talk to support professionals from all over the world and discuss what's behind their team success. This interview is brought to you by Nice Reply, an all-in-one customer satisfaction tool that helps you measure and improve the quality of your customer service. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on a future episode, please reach out to us at podcast at nicereply.com. My name is Craig Stoss, and I'm here today with Sid Bahambani, the CEO and co-founder of Sumati. Sid, thanks for joining us. Hey, Craig. Nice to see you again, and happy to be here. Yeah, thank you for taking some time. Sid, your one area that I know you have a lot of passion for is the machine learning and natural language processing space, specifically around you know customer feedback and, and, and gathering all of that stuff from various channels and funneling that into something that's insightful for leadership. I'd love to focus our conversation today on what types of projects can tools that do natural language processing help support leaders like us complete and be successful in? Absolutely. And before, you know, I even have a passion for machine learning and natural language processing, I had a passion, have a passion for customer support. So it's it's just natural that, you know, the fact that machine learning is at the point today where you can use a lot of it to understand customer experience and customer feedback, it's it's just an amazing time for you know, people to be leveraging this technology to understand better what their customers are trying to tell them. Uh, because for the longest time, I've always maintained customer support is the first point of contact for a lot of these customers, where they come in and they are talking to you about everything, um, how your product is, how your service is, what are some of the nuances in your product. And what machine learning is really doing today is allowing us to really comb through all of that data, which is very unstructured, very messy, uh, all over the place, and just tease out those nuggets that are then you know, used by the product team or the service team or practically the entire organization. And if you take a step back, uh, what that's allowing us to do is not just understanding what our customers are talking about, but doing something very fundamental to the nature of customer support at the ground level which is it's not a break fix organization anymore it is the source of data it is the source of the most valuable kind of data that you're getting from your customers that can then be percolated through the rest of the organization to make very very informed decisions that you're not going to get anywhere else i mean i love all of that right you you and i have talked about this before how how important data is in in a customer support context one of the things that you you talked about in in that sentence was you know how this data can impact other departments cross functional initiatives are are difficult and getting support to see at the table can be a a problem so to kick off any of these functions maybe maybe let's start with how do you get everyone in the company on board to, to, to listen to support, to listen to how important this data is? Yeah, that's a good question. And I mean, you know, anyone who's been in support knows we all fight tooth and nail to get a seat at that table where we can make an impact on decisions that are happening on the product, right? I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've been in that situation before. I certainly have. Um, the main thing over here is, you know, and, and this is something that I've gone through in my career as well, working through the various roles and support is everyone has a different perspective in the organization as to what um, customers want out of a product. And I think the way um, you, know, you start using this data and you start using natural language processing is by 
taking insights that are pertinent to each aspect of the business. So for example, if the product team is particularly focused on how they're going to get features out, it's because the competition might be running ahead in some areas and that's where you know they're really um, focused. Um, if you can go to them and say, hey, on a daily basis, we hear our customers talking about this, this, and this product, and this is what they're saying about it. Now you've given them an amazing tool to not just you know, chase after the competition, but very, very valuable feedback that they would have had to you know, do a, a study or a user um, you know, kind of conference for to kind of figure out these pieces. The truth is, support hears these pieces every single day. So the seat at the table is more like saying, I have stuff for you that is very, very relevant that you're really, really looking for. Let me give you that. And if you can position this conversation as a, we are your data source and we can give you this pipe to extremely valuable information, I don't see why someone's going to not give you a seat at the table. Earlier, the seat at the table was always about I want you to make this product better to support or better to do this. Now the seat at the table is to say, this is what you should be doing because customers are asking for it. Oh, and by the way, this is something you were struggling with too. I think that's an interesting thought. It's something I certainly haven't thought about. The transition from you know, support just wanting that seat at the table to support being able to actually provide what goes on the table you know, right, right initially. Uh, maybe that's a good question. What is it we're bringing? So, so what is this technology doing that, that is now tangible that we can now use machine learning to, to take some value out of random emails and phone calls? Yeah, that's, I guess that's the multi-billion dollar question. Um, <laughs> look, the technology can do whatever you want it to do. Um, anyone who's worked in technology would be like, yeah, we can do that. Um, I think the, the bigger question is, what do you want to do with the technology? Um, you know, when we work with our customers, some of them are still in that phase where they look at natural language processing and say, awesome, we can have a chatbot and that can defer a whole bunch of our initial interactions. Sure, that's a good use case. Um, the ones that we are focused on at Somari specifically are the ones where we say, regardless of who's handling the transaction or the interaction, what are you learning from it? So, you know, the technology can help you understand customer experience and customer satisfaction end to end. So when I say end to end, I mean, you know, they, they placed a phone call and then they followed up with an email and then you ended up talking to them over chat. Because of the fact that these are all conversations, we can now connect all of these dots and say, this was what their entire journey was like. This is what their customer experience and satisfaction was like. And if they weren't happy, we would be able to get that from, from the conversation. So that's one thing. Um, the other things that the technology allows you to do is take away a lot of the banal, repetitive tasks that support engineers are required to do in the name of data. And what I mean by that is, oh, you get a new ticket. Now you have to go fill out these 17 fields to say this is the version number, this is the product, the subcategory, blah, 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 blah. Um, with the fact that natural language processing is, is very attuned to a lot of these things today, um, we can extract those automatically. Um, and we can just tag it on the fly and say, this is what someone was calling about. These were the versions involved, et cetera, et cetera. So you're taking away a lot of that manual error prone task. And then finally, um, in a lot of organizations, there are some 
standards or quality control parameters in terms of what should be done in terms you know, that could be um, you know compliance related or KPI related. All of those uh, quality control tasks, which normally end up being you know, you take a very small subset, five calls for every agent and go through it in a month. You can actually do that at scale across every single one of their interactions. So now you're not, you know, sitting down with an agent every month and just picking arbitrarily the five things that they might have done wrong. You're looking at the whole picture and saying, this is where you could be improving and this is what you do really, really well. So I guess the, the short answer, now that I've given you the long answer, <laughs> the short answer to the question is, it can do a whole bunch of things. Um, and, and the question is, where does your organization find the most value? And what I'm seeing with our customers and, and others who I talk to is that the value isn't being able to say, what are customers calling in about? And what does that experience look like? As opposed to just automating the first point of contact. That's a, a really interesting point. And, and maybe the key is, how do I know I need to do this? Does everyone need this? Is this something that that it will in five, 10 years be ubiquitous across support organizations? Or or is there some specific thing that companies could identify and say, oh, I have to have this technology like this. This will enhance my support organization. That's an interesting question. Um, How about we flip it, though? Right. Like, how about we ask, what are you not getting today because you're not doing this? So. This isn't one of those things that's uh, a CRM, which is an absolute must have because without that, you can't actually run a support organization. Sure, you can run a support organization without having NLP looking through your transactions. Question is, what are you missing? Can you go another year or two years or five years without knowing that your customers are always comparing you against a certain feature set of a competition? What would that do to your organization if you knew that and you were able to do something about it in an agile manner? Would that give you better access to other customers? Would that improve the satisfaction of your existing customers? How would that that affect your uh, support costs? If, If you could tell that our customers are repeatedly calling about certain things and you could do that in real time as opposed to waiting six months and then reacting to it, how would that change your investments in the future? So the, I guess the answer is you don't know what you don't know. And you know, in, in terms of do I really need this, I guess the question is what are you not getting today because you don't have this in place? Um, and I would be hard pressed to find any organization that says having more data at my disposal to make better decisions is not something I'm really you know, concerned about at the moment. I mean, that's a great way of framing um, the problem. So if I were a support leader in the market to get this information, what are the key things that I need to do to prepare for a a solution like this? Like what types of prep work do I need to put into uh, these types of solutions, such, you know, data cleanliness being an obvious example, you know, if I feed garbage in, you get garbage out. Mm -hmm. What, What are the types of things that I have to do to prepare for this? I think one of the things um, that customers most often struggle with um, in support is what do they want to get out of this uh, information, right? And there's this two types of folks um, at the risk of overgeneralizing. Um, there's the one set who have a preconceived notion about this is what I'm going to find 
when we do this analysis in broad strokes. And then there's the other class where they kind of go in with a blank slate um, and throw all kinds of data points at it and want to see what churns out. I think the, the best value a support organization can find is somewhere in, in the middle where you have a good idea of how your business runs um, and you have a good idea of you know, where are some of the conversations that are happening which are not getting the, the overview or the analysis that, that is required. So for example, if you're running you know, an organization with uh, 20 or more uh, engineers and customer care normally takes you know, uh, tickets that are one interaction and they're, and they're done, and most of them end up being first call resolutions, there's probably a good chance that you know, your customer satisfaction rating over there is gonna be pretty high. It's the longer tickets that you need to look through. So once you have a bit of a criteria over there in terms of what you're analyzing, that is what you need. Data cleanliness in terms of being able to say, what are the different systems? How is the data coming together? Those are um, issues that technology has sorted out today. So that's not too much of a concern. The concern is knowing what are the indicators that are coming back from it. And more importantly, what is the workflow and what are you going to do with that data once you get it? Because the system, is only gonna give you data points. It is not gonna make decisions for you. So one of the things that you know, uh, a lot of times uh, customers learn uh, once they have implemented systems like these is, okay, I'm getting all of this data, what do I do with it now? So it's very important to kind of think ahead as an end-to-end -end process and say, if I was to get a signal that said, here's a new type of uh, question that our customers are asking a lot, what are we gonna do about that? Who's going to be responsible for, you know, taking that to the right people, getting the buy-in, and doing whatever needs to be done so that we could come back a month from now and say, yeah, that looks like it's effectively resolved. Let's move on to the next issue. The who part of what you just said is is interesting to me. Um, something whenever I talk with these types of solutions, knowledge base being one, or customer experience programs, uh, things that that support has a really good, strong grasp on, uh, but may not be uh, the obvious owner. Uh, the question is always who, like, is this, is this a special team? Do you have a data analytics team that sits within support? Do you, uh, do you have to hire extra support reps to handle all this? Or is this a leadership task and, and, and a support leader would take on this? Like, where do you see, how do you see this impacting, you know, staffing requirements for bringing on a solution like this? That's a great question. And, and quite honestly, I don't think there's a single answer to that. Um, I think different organizations do it differently. Um, we, have, we have worked with customers where you know, they are a large IT organization, service desk organization, and they actually have a BA team within their team um, that is responsible for taking these nuggets and these insights from whatever tools they have in place and taking it to um, the stakeholders that end up being C-level executives or um, VPs of, of different departments. Um, we've seen it uh, be implemented at a much more grassroots level where the people who are taking on um, the calls, um, be it the team leads or the agents themselves, are the ones who are using these signals to indicate to their managers and their uh, leadership that they're running into new challenges. Um, 
the the cool thing about that one is they normally come with and here's a bunch of solutions that I think we could use as well. Um, I think the the who part is driven largely by the type of organization you have, and I think the more transparency and the more you are all aligned about the fact that the data is going to be useful to multiple parts of the organization, the more stakeholders you would have in this group that ends up owning it. Um, one of the things that, that always comes up is who's going to pay for the solution. Um, so, you know, support has been uh, very infamously a, a cost center. Um, so from that perspective, support ends up owning the tool. The ROI though, and this is the key point, the return on investment on a tool like this is felt organization-wide. So you as a support leader who's visionary and can see the fact that, you know, we're going to turn support from a cost center to a data collector and a data disperser. Now you're going into conversations with C-level executives and uh, the leadership and talking about how an investment in tools like these is going to make the organization that much better. So it changes the conversation to a large extent. And because of that, makes support a driving force in the rest of the organization adopting a technology like this as well. I, I mean, I love that. But, you know, visionary leaders making support a driving force in, in, in within the company. That's that's my vision. I mean, that that's what we're all hoping for is that this this idea of cost center goes away. So maybe switching gears here for the last question. Uh, if you're conducting, you know, NPS surveys and CSAT surveys, and you're gathering customer feedback uh, in a very natural language way, like people are typing you paragraphs of, of their feedback, or you're surfing social media and, and gathering that information somehow. Can tools like this supercharge what your, your value that you're getting from that feedback? Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, when you get feedback like that, it's, well, first of all, it's amazing when customers want to talk to you about uh, in a detailed way and give you all of that information. Um, what natural language can do there is really harness all of the, the nuances within that conversation. So instead of just saying my average NPS based on all of these surveys is X, um, what you're then saying is my average NPS is X. And I know most of my customers are talking about this product feature, this product feature, and maybe this other thing that they want really, really bad. So now instead of having a score or you know, uh, just a, a high level metric, what you have is details about what it is that they like, what it is that they don't like, and what things the organization could probably be focusing on in terms of product development or service offerings. Sid, it really sounds like this type of tool truly covers the entire ticket lifecycle. From when you submit the ticket as a customer and it's automatically categorized, tagged, you're starting to measure the sentiment analysis through all the channels that you may have support through, and then uh, through to the customer feedback side where you can supercharge the feedback you receive by getting deeper, deeper insights. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your insights with us today. Thank you. The pleasure is all mine. And thank you all for listening to Customer Experience Leaders Chat by Nice Reply with today's guest, Sid Bahambani of Sumani. 
If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please leave a rating or share it with others. And always make sure to check out our other sport interviews and more quality content at nicereply.com.